Hello. What up? Yup. Yes. <laughs> David wasn't ready. Ah, uh, you call me. But we are ready to go. This is Ergo, WHBK, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. And what we do here is showcase and celebrate the folks reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. We're, uh, we're making do with what we got here technologically. Shout out to WHBK's live stream, not working at all, but... You know, we're not going to leave you leave you stranded. This conversation will be heard. Yes. You know? Yes, it will. One way or another, shout out to the iPhone shorty <laughs> over here with the backup. So there you go. all of those at airgoradio.com to follow the podcast. It might sound a little different, but we are here regardless. We How shall you, prevail. Absolutely. How you feeling, Dan? Man, it's rainy. I'm a little tired. Yeah. But I'm out in the world, you know, so we good. Mm-hmm. How about you, man? I'm yeah. all right. I'm good. I, uh... Today is the kind of day that you want to enjoy from indoors. Yeah. It's a good thing we don't podcast outside, is what I'll say. That's true. That would be tricky. That's true. But if you are interested in being outside, we got some great community Let announcements coming for you. Uh, first off, actually, this is outside, but it's covered, and it's tonight. Uh, the Chicago Community Bond Fund has their summer party. Um, I, it's somewhere off Lakeshore up north. It's like a big fundraiser for them. Edgar alums Tasha and Rick Wilson are performing. I'm planning on being in attendance um, even if you can't make it to the event, make sure that you give to the Bomb Fund, support that cause. On the 22nd is the next edition of All Smiles. That's Rich Jones' Night at the Tonic Room. That is, so that's tomorrow, Friday night at 2447 North Halstead. And he always has great people on those shows. And then Saturday is the Chicago Dyke March that's starting at Piotrowski Park, 4247 West 31st Street uh, at 1.30 p.m. And, you know, even though it didn't happen before the event, I definitely want to make sure we're going to have some folks up there from there to up here to talk about what they do. Because year to year, it's been a really vibrant and important uh, place for the city. And then lastly, next Wednesday uh, at the Let Us Breathe space is in the yard. Uh, I believe you can tell me more about this. Yeah, man, it's, 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 a, it's a new open mic. So often we use open mic formatting with other events, but this is just like... The open mic, open mic. So the rappers, rappers, and the poets, poets, come do the thing, man. So there, uh, no one's going to break it in with a teaching? Yeah, no? nah. No you teaching. Sure? No po- I mean, I might, I might throw something at people because I'm, you know, that's just the way I move. But. Damon throws an open mic and a, and a teaching <laughs> breaks out. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Quinn Rollins for uh, directing and, and, and being one of the hosts of that. Um, and the feature is... Rosita Cox. Yes. Yeah. That is true. Who is fantastic. Yes. And this is just a, a quick plug that has nothing to do with that event, but except for Rosita. Rosita's very involved with the People Say Open Mic at... Um, Tripod Chicago, and they do great work every month. So make sure, even if you can't make it to the open mic, pop into their shop. They have some really cool clothes. Yep. I'm doing a thing tonight at the art department, but I forgot the title of it. I know Ethos is performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am representing Let Us Breathe. And the Elephant six. Rebellion folks. It is yeah. Elephant Rebellion's event. I forgot the, the name of it, but it's going to be a cool thing. And we'll post it. Yes. Cool. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. As, as always, we have very special people up here. I'm, I'm excited to talk to this man. Uh, up and coming, real true gem, I think, in, in our city. We got Monty Jordan in the building. Everybody make some noise for Monty Jordan. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> boy, Monty Jordan from the west side of the CHR. Come through the, you know what I'm saying? That was very with my brothers, you know what I mean? So that's love. So, Monty of, of Huey Gang, shout out Huey. We, we have a, a two part question. We always like to ask to start off the show. Um, so in this time, and you can define time however that hits you right now. So that could be this hour, that could be today, it could okay. be this season, it could be this lifetime. How is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? I feel like in this time, the world has been treating me 
I feel like as a black man, just uh, messed up. You know what I mean? So, uh, man, can I can I open? open yeah, up? yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like no, we so, stay we stay closed. <laughs> yeah, get it. Yeah, I was trying to. I applied to get a room or whatever, and to to live amongst mm-hmm. people. I don't know. I just I just needed a place to stay. Yeah. But the uh, uh, the guys that was living there, they like mixed and race. One of them was Caucasian. His name is David. He told me he was like, "Yo, uh, his his this, like the building manager, the property manager." Mm-hmm. He was like, "Man, I think he he's like kind of an asshole." That's what he told me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "What's he?" I asked. Him, I'm like, "Is he racist?" He was like, uh, he was like, no, I don't think he's conservative or nothing. He was just speaking in terms that I don't really use. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so today. You're not going along like, which party does he vote for? You're going like, yeah. what is he going to think when he sees me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he seen me. He was looking at me funny. So I'm like, okay. Then I seen him the second time because I was looking at the room and he wanted me to meet the other roommates or whatever. So he was he asked me a couple questions. He just seemed real cold. You know what I mean? I did you know? Just so happened, I applied. I, I did a, a background check. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I have no criminal record. I never lived nowhere else. Mm-hmm. I know my family probably used my name and certain stuff. That's that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> I feel like I was discriminated just because of my skin color. Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. They de- they denied my background check. They said it, I failed it, but they didn't give me an email notification or nothing. No they just didn't let you know, and they said no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, damn, you feel me? Like I really was trying to live because I'm living like super far from my job. I work out west uh, with the kids or whatever at this place called Kids Express, mm-hmm. and I've been traveling from like 92nd and Wabash to 50, like Laramie and Congress. You know what I mean? mm. That's damn near interstate travel, right? That is a move. Yeah. So red line, blue line. You know what I mean? I'm from out west, but I've been living with my girl because of you know. Just situation, and you know what I mean. I just felt real. That that kind of pissed me off yesterday. But yeah. you know what I mean. It feel good to get a text from yeah. him. He want me on this radio station. I look up. I used to look up to bro. Like oh man, I then, then, then what happened? That But that housing shit is is a mess and is wild. And they there is no. There are certain like regulations and stuff for how that process has to go. But in yeah. Illinois specifically, like there are way fewer regulations on that than there are in a lot of places so they can just they can say you know your credit score isn't high enough and then you ask them what score it is and they just put it 10 points higher than you like just that they basically get to determine they have all the all the leverage there and all you have is the ability or not ability to pay rent it's 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 very legal to discriminate (laughs) like what the lesson is and it's and even the things that are illegal are barely illegal right right. (laughs) and 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 when they are illegal ain't shit you can do about it you Mm -hmm. know like Especially if you are, the the whole thing is you're you're in a vulnerable position. You're trying right. to find you need a place, a place to, to live. Stay, yeah. So like yeah. to take on a court lawsuit that's gonna last month. You know, it's a, and it's cost a, you more than rent. It's a yeah. lose lose. So so I hear that and how the, you feel you what you've been receiving from the world. Mm-hmm. But even with that, what, how how are you treating the world? Okay, so you know me. I feel like I've been treating the world fairly. You know what I mean? I've been at the community working in the community. Um, teaching kids about hip-hop, and that's something I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something I, I really want to continue to do, even if I was to be, like, on a platform as high as whoever is hot right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to... I feel like artists should do stuff like that just because it makes a difference in the kid's eye view to where he's from. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm, if, I'm still, if I'm still where I'm at in the community, even though... I might get robbed or something. That show the kids that I don't care. I care about them more than me getting 
hurt or something. So it's like it a, it's like a priorities thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I like what Chance be doing because Chance he still be out here. I mean, he, you know, people might go crazy when they see him, but it's just the simple fact that he not afraid to be in his city. Mm. You know what I mean? Versus other people, I'm not gonna say no name. Yeah, and I think it's even like even with like stature of success is is how you maneuver. Mm-hmm. So if your whole point of success is I have more money than you, I'm more popping than you, then yeah, you are gonna be in a little bit more danger if, <laughs> if you're yeah. around the people that you basically getting yeah. your platform from stunting on, right? Yeah. And so if you move like the thing about how Chance, he's kind of like just appears like a regular person. Yeah. Even still, he's like an A-list celebrity. So I definitely see that. Because I was hearing people talk about, you know, as as like rappers have been experiencing violence this week and definitely, you know, condolences yeah. to anybody impacted by, you know, the, the tragedy of violence. Um, a lot of the conversation I've heard is like, see, that's why you need to get out of your neighborhood. That's why you need to get out of your community. Um, and that's just like a real heartbreaking yeah. uh like answer to the problem, right? It's like, oh, let's make the community worse. Let's like separate more. Let's like not invest in it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate hearing hearing that like determination. It's an interesting question, right? Because I'm thinking about the the you know the other side and the people who are on the mega scale, and you know, it kind of goes two ways, right? Like, like either Kanye builds his fortress in Calabasas, right. or you you know, I'm thinking about the J Cole song. Uh, the like neighbors think yeah, I'm selling yeah. and he's talking about like he needs a place that's quiet and calm and he can stay in his you know they can have that peace that they've wanted mm-hmm. and then they're there and they're still not safe because the same structure that had them not safe in you know kind of on a macro scale then is approaching them on a micro scale yeah. so you know it goes to a point that you often make Dame about like like there's no such thing as safe there's only such thing as like protecting yourself mm-hmm. and the people you love so yeah I mean kind of in that in that vein, um, when you say like being in the community, let's get more specific. Like where are your, where are the spaces where you feel like at home and grounded right now, either creatively or just like in relationship to people? Uh, I love Bronzeville. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not even from Bronzeville, but a lot of my peers live over there. I just love Bronzeville. It's a lot of culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of black owned businesses. You know, And when I Say that just because I, I have a lot of friends who are other races or ethnicities. It's not like I don't care about no other, but it's just like the the, the, the circumstances my people are in right now. It's good to see that, to mm-hmm. go to a neighborhood and you see like black businesses and, you know what I mean, historical landmarks and just the history of Bronzeville mm-hmm. as a, a neighborhood is dope. So I love Bronzeville. I feel I always feel at home in Bronzeville. Mm-hmm. Of course, on the west side in Austin where I work, I feel at home. And it's quite dangerous for me to be traveling through so many communities, honestly. So I just like, you know, X, he got, you know, I think he got shot in his community. I don't know. But just like him, I could die just trying to get to work. You know what I mean? So not to wish nothing like that upon myself, but it's just like, it's just the reality of the situation. I don't be thinking about that, though. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do you, like on a, like not subconscious, but on the conscious level, like how do you think about that? day to day is that something that you're carrying with you and i get you know people make their make their peace and go about their lives uh-huh. and go to work and walk through their lives anyway but how how do you how do you think about that on a day to day basis if at all um i just i my little brother got killed so he got killed coming home from a dance re- recital mm-hmm. so me think about him and how he died he was breaking up his his a fight between his friends and somebody else me knowing that, it's just like, you know, I can't be scared of this. Like, 
my little brother damn that died as an activist, not even trying to be an activist. You know what hmm. I mean? So with that being said, like I have no choice but to just be out here. And regardless of what might happen, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's how I look at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. condolences uh, for 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 your loss, first of all, because I know that that pain is a, a constant. But how long ago? How long ago was this? This was in this was December twenty eighth, twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like a year and a half ago. It's about to be two years now. And yeah. so I, you know, from here. I, w- I want to talk about MC school and kind of like that process. And so from seeing that showcase, um, I kind of hear like that the work that you do and your approach to your, your craft and your music has been like heavily shaped or influenced by, you know, that tragedy and that loss. Where were you in the world and with yourself in that time? And how has that like altered the way that you approach the world and make decisions so, and create. Honestly, where I was at around that time my little brother died, I was like real in a real dark place. It was real angry. And I was taking it out on my family. And we I feel like we was all like in that space together. So it was a real dark place. But it taught me a lot about myself and how I move. I want to move forward. And you know how I can help other kids who might deal with something similar to what happened to me. So I just took the knowledge I took from that pain and used it in my music, of course, but also as a a way to connect with other kids who sadly might face the same tragedy I faced. Well, I've already faced it. I might meet someone new and I can connect. Like, you know, prime example, I'm I'm tweaking. I just had this. So one of the kids at my job, he a teenager, his name, Tavares. Shout out. Shout out, Tavares. (laughs) You know, he was telling me one of his friends got killed. And I'm like, man, you know, I know exactly how you feel. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly how you feel. I'm just talking to him about it. And I could tell just me talking to him about it made him feel a little bit better. I don't think he really cared if anybody was in the same space as him before, but I just think he just wanted to be able to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So me me knowing, when he told me that, I'm like, man, I need to talk to him. So I just talked to him and mm. we connected. And he felt better throughout the day because I could tell he was feeling bad. It goes a long way, huh? Yeah. Just that little... So one of the things that we like to do up here when... And again, as much or as little as you want to share, but when people have lost people, sometimes the whole... The conversations that happen afterwards are always about the loss, right? Yeah. But I want to take a moment, if you want to, uh, tell us about who your brother was beyond that moment. Like, you know, if if you were introducing him to someone, like, how would you describe your brother? Well, my little brother was a very, like, vibrant person. Like, he loved fashion, you know. He loved music. He wasn't too much into hip-hop. He was, like, into R&B and, like, dance, because he was a dancer. Mm-hmm. So he was he had, you know, hip-hop artists he liked, like Nicki Minaj. He liked a lot of female artists and female rappers, because he was, like, homosexual. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, like, Saf, you know what I mean? He wasn't, like, a gangbanger yeah. affiliated with anything like that. Even if he was, it's still messed up. But back to, you know yeah. what I mean? The pot, the, the mm-hmm. ups of him. You know what I mean? He 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 would fight for his family. He loved his family, his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always good at, you know what I'm saying, defending himself. And he always was assertive and militant enough to be like, you know, you can't, you know, bullying me yeah. or nobody around me. Uh, yeah. He, he was real artistic. And me and him were real close. So a lot of the stuff that he learned, like the fashion stuff he was into, all that, 
not to make it seem like, oh. I was about to say, who dresses better? Who dresses, who dresses better? You I'm going to let him take that. <laughs> That's fair. Who dresses better? <laughs> you know, but honestly, I, I honestly influenced him mm. and all that stuff. Like, when it comes to art, when it comes to fashion, it felt good as a older, as a, being a little older than him, because it was like two years, a year and a half apart. Uh, just to be a little older than him and be able to influence him and his moves, that made me feel good as an older brother. Yeah. So I was just like, man, that's crazy. Like, he doing all this. And he took all the stuff. Because I, it's crazy. Like, he made a little business out of, like, ripping people pants. I used to just rip my own pants. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then he took it and just went so far with it. And it just showed me, like, how my influence is just as a brother. You know mm. what I mean? As a family. As a person in my family. Like, yeah. So that really inspired me a lot. That's cool creatively to think. I mean, it sounds like all three of us actually have, like, you know, some version of that creative relationship with a sibling. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you th- have you ever talked with Christiana and Damon about like how she thinks about your artist stuff coming out of her, you know, and her kind of being an entry point into some of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely because we, you know, kind of get asked about it publicly. So, you know, it's, it's that's a, a real part of my story is, you know, growing up, seeing my sister at like Louder Than a Bomb or mm-hmm. seeing her feature at open mics kind of always gave me a, a comfort around creating and performing in a way that like I didn't have direct access to in like high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like a, a, a much more comfort. And then when I, when I started rapping, it wasn't like a, I'm a new kid who's that is Christiana and our brother. So there was like yeah. a, you know, a, a, a comfort or entry point mm-hmm. or like relationships that got built mm-hmm. much quicker than if I would have been by myself. Um, and then obviously like getting into the political work because uh, I couldn't get shit done by myself. So. <laughs> yeah, and then and then seeing like on the flip side, like, you know, having younger cousins and like, yeah. you know, play cousins, see, you know, seeing how it, it trickled down mm-hmm. uh, and, and taking them open mics and, and you know, helping to expose. You know, I, I really resonate with that yeah. about how you benefit from like helping someone else, right? Like yeah. it, 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 it teaches you like nothing teaches you more than teaching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so like you learn so much even about yourself is what I'm hearing mm-hmm. uh, from, from being able to impact and now seeing how you translate that to like the world and, and basically adopting other little brothers. So tell, tell me about the, the organization and the work and, and what was, what was the moment and when you're like, okay, I'm about to focus my energy in this type of way. What's the name of the, the space again? Kids Express. <clears throat> so, I actually was working the three for three. I've been work. I was working the before Already. this happened. Okay, okay. So I was already into this type of stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I brought my little brother with me. Actually, he was working with me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, one of my Huey Gang brothers, Law. He was working there too. Shout out Law. Definitely want to get bro up here. Yep, most definitely. <laughs> That's big, bro. Uh, I brought them with me, and we was working there, and you know what I mean. It's just. When I came there, it was like a real focus on, you know, having fun with the kids and stuff and like sports. A lot of kids like sports. But me, I wasn't athletic as a kid. So I'm like, you know, I need to bring a little bit more arts in here. So I brought hip hop. I brought mm-hmm. a hip hop club. And, uh, and then I made a song with them. Made a song with a couple of the kids. And, you know, it was live. The kids loved the song. I wanted to take them to the studio. Sadly, I couldn't. My boss said I need permission from their parents or something like that. I couldn't take them. Mm-hmm. But this year, this summer, I'm going to do all that. So, you know, that's where I really, why I've been at mostly is just exp- uh, spreading with hip hop first. What it, what the the purpose of it when it first started. 
you know what I mean, was to give ghetto kids something to do mm-hmm. in a community full of, you know, in the Bronx around that time, it was a lot of fires going on. Yeah, so they. I'm from the Bronx, so whenever it's mentioned, I have to just yeah. take a quick time out for a little shout out to the Bronx, and we're back. <laughs> That's what's I know yeah, you. Yeah, it's a little PSA for you. <laughs> yeah. The more yeah. you know, yeah. as you were going, I'm like, right. oh. I always know when everyone <laughs> says that turn. Whenever someone says, you know, take hip hop back to where it started, I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready. The arms are getting ready. I'm stretching for the X. <laughs> and now continue. Yeah, yeah, and proceed. <laughs> Not to say like just. You know, not to say nothing. I feel like hip hop is at a good state right now, but I'm just saying, like, for the kids, so they can know, because I feel like a lot of kids don't really know about hip hop. Like, they learn about all this, yeah, we slaves and all that. All right, that's cool, but what about these little ghetto kids like them that came from the same type of urban area that created this culture? Let's teach them about that type mm-hmm. of stuff. You know what I mean? Because that showed them that they have a lot more potential than they think. Yeah, you know yeah it's I mean? interesting. Like, it's not history yet, right? It's all memory. Yeah. So you learn when you learn history, you don't learn recent history. Just across the board, when we teach yeah. history, we stop usually like 30, 40 years before where we are currently mm-hmm. because we think of that as not being history. But if you're 10, that's three <laughs> lifetimes ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Ergo Reading List. A couple books about, like, talk about hip-hop in the historical sense and, and, and how you mentioned. Uh, is one, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, the Hip-Hop yeah, Generation by, by uh, Jeffrey Chung. Chang, yeah. Chang. And then also... Um, uh, Hip Hop Revolution by Jeffrey O.G. Akbar. Okay, I think a, I heard of that, that. That joint is, is real deep. If you read those two books, you kind of yeah. you kind of got it. And so, I got I got one more to throw ooh, in there, which ooh. is the Big Payback by Dan Charnas. Yeah, Charnes, I got that. Which Shout is a like kind of parallel uh, history of the industry side of everything. So how the business built and like the distribution oh, and all that. that stuff. That is an eye opening book. So you said what Hip Hop Revolution? Uh, this co- so that there's that one, and then it's uh, the Big Payback. The Big Payback. Is the the other big one. payback yeah. book. And so. I, you you speaking to something that like in in reading those texts specifically and just like as somebody else who has a, a love for the history and the culture of hip hop, you know we think of the tenets uh, of you know of being the dance of breaking uh-huh. and the, you know the tagging and writing of graffiti and and DJing and MCing. Uh, but if you really look at the the history and the story, it's really like a kind of a fifth tenet, and it's like mentorship and organizing. Like from from the jump, uh, yeah. you know what you're talking about is at the core of what like hip hop's original intentions have been. And if you really look at every significant rapper, anybody who's been like at the top of the game, uh-huh. they've all come from a lineage. They all come from mentorship. They all come from some type mm-hmm. of group. Like even if you go from Jay-Z, you know, being around Big Daddy Kane and Jazz and, mm-hmm. you know, all of his big homies and every generation had mentorship. Uh, and, and so I think that that's really powerful. And I think you also show it on both ends, right? Because yeah. I see how you organize or how Huey Gang moves mm-hmm. and like really supports each other and is a part of a, a real like dedicated performance open mic scene. Like I, I get real moved like how I go to the space where y'all at and y'all like know all of each other's words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, this is like real love. And then on the other end, how you then open, I'm, I'm trying to like, paint a picture of like kind of like a ladder mm-hmm. of how I see you reaching down I hear about how your story of, of the younger generation how you work with your contemporaries but then also how you are open to being mentored mm-hmm. and so talk a little bit about like MC school and your relationship to Phnom and how I see you as somebody who's rising and could like be cocky like man I'm rapping my ass off mm-hmm. you know I, I got some straight shit in me you know but I, I see a, a humility of like also I'm trying to learn and trying to grow and develop so talk about how being mentored is kind of helping you right now. So, 
Man, shout out to Fanon, first of mm-hmm. all. Like, that's sensei. So, <laughs> man, being mentored, I always was open to it. I guess because I guess because I had a dad. I don't know. I, I can't speak for everybody else, but me, I always been open. I feel like a lot of people. Shout out to pops. Yeah, shout Absolutely. out to shout out to fathers all across the board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I feel like that helped me be open to a male authority. You know what I mean? So, like, just having a dad, and that's like my first mentor. Hmm. It always opened me up to other mentors. So when I meet an older man that I that I like, he got swag or whatever, whatever, he might dress nice or something, or he can spit, you feel me? Like Fanon, for example. And I just, you know, that was saying? a real nice like uh like yeah. subtweet saying he doesn't dress well. You were like yeah. someone who dresses nice or someone who raps well like Fanon. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that's what but that's what you notice as a young yeah, man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You like, oh shit, he can spit. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like that's what attracted my attention or whatever. And then just talking to him and building with him and so much knowledge and wisdom and gems I pull out just by talking to him or even being in his presence made me want to just keep learning. So that's why I ended up at MC school. I actually been at MC school for like three years now. Yeah, explain what that is because, uh, you know, I think for those who know, like Phenomena is a real solid legacy, especially on the South Side. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, especially after his passing, like Brother Michael or, or Kevin Cole, like, right, he doesn't really, even though he is, like, their contemporary and kind of, like, operates in some of that same yeah. type of power in terms of how he's helping bring up this generation. I don't, I don't we haven't, I don't think, discussed Phenom up here in all yeah. of our hundred and however yeah. many episodes. Mm-hmm. So talk a, a little bit for, like, if somebody had never heard of him before and then what the MC school program is and okay. is becoming. So Phnom is, you know what I mean, a revolutionary MC. You know what I mean? So he just out here. He does he does this strictly for the people. And it's for the people. Like that's him as a whole. And MC school is a program created by him to help artists like me who coming up who in the same positions as he was when he was our age get a uh, uh, I guess a, a bird's eye view, if that's makes mm-hmm. sense, yeah. of what we could be, what what we need help with at this point. So we won't make the same mistakes he made around that time. So we get industry help. He tell us how to perform better, breath control, all that. Like I went, I remember when I used to when I first started going to empty school. He he made me run. He's like, I right, run to. Uh, he lived on. Eighth floor, he made me go to the sixth floor and run up to the, the eighth <laughs> I floor. I made you run stairs? Yeah, then I had to spit a verse. I had to spit my song. Oh, so man. the song, uh, I say club record, I break world records. I had to come up there and perform that. So And that was a right that was like a, a stamina breath. Yeah, right after yeah. I did that. So, you know what I mean? It'll be like did that help my breath control? I used to have problems with that a lot. Like, we should make our guests do that rap. before we start the show. <laughs> you know, we got stairs yeah, going on. Uh, do some burpees for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's just like some of the stuff we did. He just give us tips on like how to move through industry stuff. And like he was like, don't be afraid. He always stressed like us getting paid for stuff. So he's like, you know, it's, he was like, it's cool to do stuff for free, but he was like, you an artist and you and you got to eat. So don't be afraid to to charge people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's something he always stressed to all of us. Like, no matter what level we at, he said, it don't matter. If somebody wants you to come and spit somewhere, you got to take this amount of bus, X, Y, Z, whatever. Like, it's not it's, it don't, it's not that bad of an idea to ask him, you know, can you throw me some a bus card or something? That's what he always tell us, like. 
always try to find a way to make sure you get a benefit from yeah. stuff. You and if I mean? it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And then you can yeah. decide whether it's worth it or not anyway. Yeah. But if you ask, if you don't ask, then you're never going to know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then people just like, oh, yeah, he'll do it free. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's what I. That's something I had to learn because I started realizing people was pulling me like left and right. Like, yeah, 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 I need you here. I need you here. We want you over here. We want to perform. And I'm like, oh, shit. Right, you know what I mean? And then he was like telling me, at this time, he was telling me this again. I'm just like, okay, I need to start doing this. Mm -hmm. So I started charging people for performances, but it's not like $1,000 or nothing. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? $50. Yeah, it makes, it makes it makes yeah. it worth it. It makes yeah. like your time. It, it's, a, it's like about valuing your effort and your yeah. labor and your time. Yeah. There's like, also a, 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 a public service announcement now that we're at the point. Like, you know, the, the open mic format we talked about it is kind of convenient in that sense. Of yeah. Like, you can kind of just invite folks and there's no commitment. Yeah. Uh, but if you are asking someone to come perform or create in any of your events or any of your space, like, Really, $50 is kind of the minimum, but, like, at least 25 to cover, like, travel and yeah. uh, a four-piece or something. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you are inviting artists, you should always you can, be working. Or you give me something to eat. Give me yeah. a bus car. Like, just, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like I'm, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not like, super busy. But people be asking me to perform yeah. a lot of places. So it just be, it's just like, okay, I have to find a way to, like, control yeah. this so it's not controlling me. And I'm just... Putting our double because I be taking Ubers places, I be taking all type of buses and trains yeah. places. So it's just like, or oh, I be asking my dad to drop me off somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I gotta get him gas money for that if he, you know what I'm saying, if he going out of his way to take me to places. So I'm just like, okay, I gotta start yeah. considering myself because I'm trying to be service to people, but I gotta be a service to me too. And it's like a micro example of just that central thing that we all have to figure out is right. Like, how do we keep trying to do the work that is meaningful? And be able to have like a functioning life in this world that doesn't necessarily value your labor in a way that is sustainable. You know, like mm -hmm. there there is the open mic exp or exposure performance equivalent of pretty much everything. <laughs> like, and that's that's the other thing is like don't never. This is a a, a PSA addendum, a PSAA. <laughs> never offer exposure because if you are asking someone to do it, that means that they are exposed enough that you know them, which means other people know them. <laughs> yeah. So unless it, they are coming to you, and even then, it's not a good look. Like exposure is not payment. Yeah, payment. That's just a, a a PSAA for 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 the people out there. Anyway, yeah. yeah so I I want to you know. For those who haven't experienced you, and, I, and I've, I've I've had the joy of like seeing you in a few different spaces, uh, you kind you know your your demeanor off the mic might kind of like fool people of like kind of the, the 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 power and like the ferocity that that you bring. Yeah. Um, and what, what, you have a tag. I, I think it's the uh, is it the conscious savage? Yeah. So so talk about that idea, right? Like I, I like to think I, I call it the Bell Biv DeVoe moment <laughs> of like when you get a golden idea because I like, I just think the song Poison is just like the the greatest one hit yeah. like little jab you ever got off. It still works to this day. I say it one time, you got to smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever somebody has like a, a tag or a goal, like a, a, a little like a golden title, I like to think of like what was the moment that like those words fell into place for you? And what is the idea uh, behind that that, I, that, that concept of, of a conscious savage? How do you feel comfortable wearing that? So it really came from me loving drill music so much and being like a baby to that shit. Cause I, hmm. can I cuss? I was, we got beef with the FCC. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be, be yourself, be happy, be <laughs> free. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I'm like, I don't want to slip yeah, up. Yeah, in yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was a baby to drill music. So just seeing Chief Keith and all that stuff and being a fan of that stuff. And you know what I mean? Also seeing Joey Bad and Chance the Rapper and all these artists I did like too. Because it was like, it's like two sides. You know what I mean? So I would just listen to a lot of Joey Bad. I'd be listening to a lot of Joey Bad and Chance the Rapper and all these underground lyricists. And I'd be listening to a lot of Chief Keith and, you know what I mean, Lil Durk and all this Chicago drill music. And I it was just influencing me so much that I would mix the two, like, mm. in my early stages of artistry. So I was just like, one on one song, it's an old song, I think it's terrible now. <laughs> but I said something about being a conscious savage or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just use this. You know what I mean? So I just I took that and ran with it. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, that, means, just, that means making that song was worth it. If you got yeah. that one little line out of it, you're like, you can, I can throw the rest away, but I'm going to hold this little piece, you know? So <laughs> that's what, that it came from that. It just came from me finding a balance between that. Because I actually started out rapping as a drill rapper. like Because mm-hmm. I was in, you know what I mean? Long story short, my dad, he's a roster. So, I got in trouble in you school. You can go long story long. Can yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to I wanna yeah. know more about this. Okay. <laughs> that means, but you don't identify as Rasta? You didn't grow up? Right. Like, <laughs> okay, so this is what happened. Are you a Rasta? I'm not a Rasta. Okay. But I didn't, <laughs> it's hard hitting yeah. I'm not going to consider myself a Rasta, okay. but I do follow along some of the, the things mm-hmm. that they have, like, in their belief That's system. Love. Yeah. So, uh, as a kid, you know, I was exposed to my dad and his philosophies and Black, he's real Afrocentric and real like pro black. He kind, you know what I mean. He don't mess with like white supremacy or racist people at all. So he just always talk about that. It's funny because some of my mama was just telling me that I said in school that some about uh, I think something about not all white people, but I said something about white people being evil or something. And I'm, <laughs> And I, I'm just like, oh shit, you know, I don't even remember saying that. But it's just like, <laughs> it was someone planted that seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad, he just, you know what I mean? He'd just be talking to me. He, as a kid, he would express that to me. But I was in the hood, though, you know what I mean? So my brothers, they was in the streets, you know what I mean? And I was looking up to them. So I just, you know, I followed behind them without knowing. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, I was like a nerd. But I just got into the streets, like, slowly. As I got older, just on some thinking I was supposed to be there. <laughs> so uh, I'm, <clears throat> I remember being like 13, 14, well, 15. That's when I really started getting into it, like 14, 15. And I wanted to be outside so much I was in out. And I was doing terrible in school. So I went from being like an average student to terrible. I want to go back to the nerddom, though. Okay. What kind of nerd are we talking? Comics. Com- uh, oh, you're a comic nerd. Okay. Spider-Man. I love all comics. Spider-Man, you know, not Black Panther out. Mm-hmm. I just, and I, honestly, when the movie came out, when I got more into his character, from before that, it was like Spider-Man and, you know what I mean, uh, all those Marvel characters. I'm yeah. really into Marvel. Why do you think that resonated with you? Like Superheroes? Yeah, and, the, and like the comic book get, form and all that. I guess because like, spiritually, I always wanted to be a superhero. Like, I always wanted to be a hero of something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... You have a sense. What would this is like a real like, like a fluff interview question? But like, what would the superpower be if you could pick one? If I had a superpower, yeah, man, that's a, that's crazy. I would I would have like multiple superpowers. That's a good move. It's like a, you have three wishes. Use <laughs> one for a million wishes. That's a smart move. So if I had a superpower, I'd probably be able to like be psychic, have like some type of super strength or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. What, so, do you, what would you do, Dame? 
I'm gonna think about it, but I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna throw something back at him. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a claim that you actually are a hero. And so thinking of it, like just if you accept that premise, yeah. name what your superpower is instead of like the what superpower do you want. What superpower do you already have? You in your place of abundance. (laughs) (laughs) Superpower I already have, I feel like, is my passion. You know what I mean? Just being able to be passionate. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it it feels like a gift and a curse, but you know what I mean? I feel like I be so passionate about stuff that I be wanting it just flow through me, like, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that's something I feel like is a gift. Like, I I don't see it in many people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, yeah. to, to answer your question, I, I think... And, and answer your own question. And answer too. my own question. Okay. So all, go right. On. all right. We're going to throw this around. Let's yeah. all do this. <laughs> um, the, the one I would want is some like extreme type of like, some like neurological shit, like some extreme focus mm-hmm. and like ability to like use... My my muscle mass, like, cause you you ever seen like in a movie where somebody gets electrocuted and they like jump across the they like yeah. fly across the room. That's not the power like pushing you. That's your that's electricity going through your body and then your muscles do that. Damn. So when you see somebody like they like spaz, yeah. that's your actual that's you. That's just electricity powering up what you have. So to be able to do that and like also <laughs> focus on some like Adderall limitless type stuff. Yeah. Hey. Um, I think, you know, I want to find a better word because it sounds cliche, but I think with the superpower I have is like an ability to communicate with a high, like, empathy or like emotional IQ. Like, and when I was younger, I didn't always like use it for good in the Uh way that I do now, but I just have like a deep understanding of like when somebody's performing socially, like what they really are like thinking Kind of like I can kind of like break people down of like oh mm-hmm. I see what your insp- like motives are I can mm-hmm. kind of like assume some of your not your experiences but kind of like the, your, your type in a sense um, and so now like being able to see that and like use it with compassion uh, and so also to be able to feel it but it's much more intellectual mm-hmm. like I, I, I cognitively you can, can like read someone can read someone really it's like well. kind of like Terminator Eye but for emotions yeah 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 and I can do it on an individual level or like on a person to person level but also like on a group, group like in, in, a, in a circle mm. if there's like a big group conversation I can kind of see the dynamics at play and how they're conflicting with each other and like have kind of an idea like what's going wrong and what's wrong as fuck. it's also what makes you like uncomfortable and myself I say this for me too yeah. with small talk and just like little BS yeah little, you know? <laughs> it's like you're not talking about shit and I know yeah. that you're like trying to fake with me like you yeah. don't really care about the weather yeah <laughs> <laughs> nobody really yeah. cares um let's see I would want, um, I mean, language would be a good one. I'd love to be able to, like, not just be, be like, communicate in different languages, but be able to, like, adopt mannerisms and, like, be able to communicate oh, with to people be able to, like, the way. look up and, like, are you Italian? Are you German? Are you Venezuelan? Like, I can, Venezuelan? whatever the language is, I can just do <laughs> that in a way that isn't, like, me translating in my head, but it's, like, I can speak with the fluency and, like, the comfort in it the same way also I can. Also, like, Jason Bourne shit, like, how he, like, wakes up and he's, like, in Austria and, like, he's, like, he's oh, just, man. Time to flip it yeah, in my, my little Austrian hat. <laughs> um, so that would be a fun one. And I'd like to be able to do that with, like, historical languages, too. So if there's, oh, yeah. eight, if there's eight people left in the world who can speak this, this dialect, I want to be able to talk with those eight people because that's how you like keep like like ideas and things from disappearing um that's the one i would want and then the one i have there's some overlap with you you know in terms of like empathetic listening but i think it's more about like 
and it's a thing that I'm developing. It's like a superpower that I'm developing is the ability to, even if I disagree, and it's not just be able to hear what I'm disagreeing, like listen when I disagree with someone, but be able to have a pretty good sense of why they think the way they think. Mm-hmm. Um, like basically never be able, like not settling for the answer of like this person just doesn't get it or this person is it. Like I can see the leap, the logical leaps that they made to get to the point that they are, even if I strongly disagree or I don't think those leaps are real. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that I think I got. Yeah. Right. And, so, and let's start. How does this translate into your music, though? Yeah. So the the uh, we we've done all this all over the place, but yeah. of all the strands, whether it's the the superhero strand, whether it's the different elements you're listening to, whether it's the you know Rasta pops out there, what 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 are, where are some of the strands? How do they come into the music you've been making uh, and um, yeah, like where, just in general, where are you at creatively right now? For like creatively, like I've always been in a space where I've been trying to balance a way to convey a message without preaching. Yeah. Because I used to do that when I first started, but I, I found a way to be in the middle ground somehow. Hmm. And I'm just trying to find a way to keep going to that middle ground. And I, I've been doing it. But it's kind of hard to do that. Like, it's kind of hard to be cool. And fun while doing it. And still <laughs> yeah. trying to get a message across and still trying to slip in little gems. Yeah. But I've been I've been doing it. It's been successful for me. So, you know what I mean? I didn't, I, I found a way to do it. That's why I've been there. Like, I've always been able to find the ways to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? I make something sound like, I like making stuff sound like it's stupid, but I'm talking about something. That's the type of stuff I like to do. Hmm. But sometimes I don't be talking about nothing, but... I might slip in a few phrases or something that isn't like it sounds. Some a lot of girls like that. I don't call women out their name. I call them queens. A lot of girls notice that. I I try to change that because I feel like it's a trend in hip hop, and I also want to make myself stand out with that. So I also want it to be a trend in itself. So maybe the shorties might like me to the point where they start doing that. That's what hmm. I was thinking. Or maybe they might think it's lame. I don't care. I'ma still do it. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just like that's how. I, that's why I've been at like that middle ground, just being able to, because I feel like a lot of my artists that I look up to, like Kendrick and, and J. Cole and people like that, they was able to balance that, you know what I mean? Or trying to find that balance. It's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to figure out for yeah. yourself, especially if you're using, you know, different kinds of sounds. And you mentioned yeah. having a wide range of what you're listening to. Was there like a first song where you're like, oh, I did it. This is not corny and it's not on some bullshit. Uh shit. Uh, the song. Fuck club rec- differentiation. That's what it's called. Differentiation. That's all. I'll put that as the uh, as the outro. So people. Yeah. Would, and, and did you get gig? You were like, oh, I think I like actually found something. Yeah. yeah. When I first made that song, I knew it was. I knew I I knew it was a hit, but I didn't want to be head ass. So I was like, maybe <laughs> I gotta test it out. So I went to open mic and I performed, and everybody was rocking with it. But it was like, you know what I mean? I knew when I wrote it, I'm like, okay, this is perfect. Like, I'm talking about something, but at the same time, it get people to move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what, what what like do you think it was pops or was there some like independent development that makes you want to be like active in that way in terms of you know when 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 I first experienced you I, you know I think I think I wouldn't have been surprised if you just was like on some strict drill shit yeah and and you you could I could see you doing that appropriately but yeah. it was definitely like like you said, it was without preaching. It was a, like explicitly political. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think sparked not just thinking that way, but like, oh, this is uh, the the lane on how I want to approach the world creatively. 
Because there are people who can have that lens and do that work, but have it not be what comes through in their music. Right. You yeah. know? So I think what sparked me to do that was just, it, it was my dad. It was, honestly, it was really my dad. Because that's why I was going to tell y'all on the story. It just got real. And then we interrupted uh, you five times. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Let's get back to it. <laughs> so my, like, I got into the streets. I started gangbanging or whatever. And you know what I mean? I surprised my family because I was I came from like a little nerdy kid to now nah, I wanna be in the streets or whatever. I didn't I didn't really surprise myself just because of my surroundings. So, you know, I, I really just wanted some type of brotherhood or friendship outside of my family. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh and I saw I sought that out and I started doing that stuff, but it wasn't never like a thing where uh just a disclaimer, it wasn't never a thing to like uh I would say fill a void or try to fit in. It was just like um, a want to be a part of something, I yeah. would say. Not like try to fit in. Because I even when I was around these dudes, I still stood out. You know what I mean? Like hmm. a sore thumb because I always did me. Um, hmm. so, so it's less about like limiting who you are and more about just putting who you are in a group. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it. And then I was doing that stuff. I got. I was started. I went. I graduated eighth grade. Went to high school. Uh, I did terrible my first year. I had like one point five. Sophomore year, same thing. And I almost got kicked out. I had like two hundred and something detentions. I was just terrible. Came to school late every day. My mom noticed that, and she seen. I used to come in the house at like four in the morning every day. I was with my homies. We was outside. The most some of the most dangerous parts of the West Side. Just out there, just all night. Uh, one of when one of my friends' friends got killed. That summer too, like two of them actually, two of them got killed. Uh, so she just moved me away. I moved to New Jersey, mm. and I had first started rapping around that time. Me and my friends, we had made a group. I ain't gonna say the name it was whack. We had made a group though. <laughs> nah, I think I think, uh, I, I think we, we needed for the history. The group was called Outfield Game, man. Oh, that ain't bad. It, oh, I've heard I don't so know, much worse. I, I don't know what made us think of Outfield, but. We just listened to a lot of Soldier Boy and all that Splash Boy BS he was doing. So, and because they like Soldier Boy, I was always, my friends was like into all that stuff. I was in, into the other side, but I like lyrics and stuff. It was just weird, but. <laughs> That's so, of an era. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, we made a group and we was rapping together. And This is we in were, Jersey? No, this was in Chicago. In Chicago. This is right before I got moved away. My mom told me this like a couple days before the flight. So I didn't even know I was going away. I'm just Damn. like, I'm in Chicago. So, you know what I mean? I, she got tired of me coming in late, begging her to go outside. So she's just like, I'm sending you away with your dad because I don't like where you're going like mentally. I don't want you to end up like your brothers. So I, I'm like, man, I'm not going to go, but run away. Woo -woo. I ain't run away. I ended up leaving. And then out there, my dad heard the music I was making. And he was like, I don't like this because it's not. I feel like you should have a message. So I'm like, okay. I was like, man, he got a point. So from that that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to take what he taught me and put it in my music, but still make it me. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had made this song called Hood Philosophy like a long time ago over this DJ L beat I found on YouTube. And it was like- Shout out to a YouTube beat. Yeah. That's DJ a, that's L. That's a time on a tradition. He produced for uh, Lil Herb when they first came out. So I was real into his production because Lil Herb had just came out. And Lil Herb was raw to me. I'm like, yeah, this dude Cole, he can spit. And he on drill stuff. And that inspired me. So I'm, I hopped on the track, but I made it conscious. And my daddy really liked that song. So from there, then I just did that. 
don't know if Demar remember, I had this one song I, I made called uh, Pharaoh and it's go like, I think I'm Malcolm X, Martin Luther. Yeah. I got a video for us on YouTube. But I remember seeing you do that at workplace. Yeah. Long ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I, I made that song and it came from the same thing, like trying to balance, you know, talking about something or at least implementing something of substance and then still giving people something to groove to or like find uh, a little bit entertaining. So mm-hmm. shout just, out to Pops again. Yeah. Man. That, that, that's, so, that's real dope. Real, real quick, like, Kind of sidebar. Were you in Jersey when Finito came out? Yes, I was. Was that a conflicted moment? Like <laughs> when, when he's blowing up New Jersey, and like you yeah. were Keith Sosa, like yeah. drill fan from the city, but you out there, you probably made some like I'm friends. It's <laughs> funny because like they loved Chief Keith out there. Like, they loved him. Where in Jersey were you, by the way? I was in South Jersey <laughs> in this place called Willowbrook. It was a suburb. It was a lot of like. It was kind of like Harvey. It was like, mm-hmm. ah. it was a hood suburb. Mm-hmm. And when I got out there, I'm just like, this is a suburb. It was like, I come from, you know, board up homes, niggas on the corner. Like, it was just suburban to me. But I had to really sit down and try to understand their psychological state mm-hmm. instead of judging them. So mm-hmm. I, I understood it. And I'm like, okay, the hood is not really a place, but more so a mental a mental thing. Mm-hmm. So I seen that and I uh, started to connect with them more from that standpoint versus like, oh, they not really from where I'm from. But uh, yeah, it, when I was out there, they loved Chief Keith because of that. <laughs> like they loved Chief Keith because he represented because they had dreads and stuff out there too. Uh, so he looked like one of them. So they really connected with his music, and a lot of people on the East Coast did. And he really like honestly, we really influenced the mess out of the East Coast for them them a uh, couple years. That's why you got rappers like Six Nine and uh, Designer and all these people coming up. Bobby, Bobby Schmurder and all. Bobby Schmurder, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. Bobby Schmurder and Rowdy Rebel. All them people came from. The heavy influence of drill at, on the East Coast, and I watched that. You know what I mean? So when they, when it, it's funny seeing artists like Six Nine, like Oh Chief Keith, and I know he was listening to Chief Keith yeah, on that. Yeah, like yeah. I know he influenced him. Yeah, so there's a just, lot of videos, especially of him, like basically like re-reciting drill lyrics and like a lot of his songs just yeah. in like a different pitch. So that that's interesting. Like did that then, from that perspective of like you feeling kind of more culturally connected to something that was influencing this separate space that you found yourself in, did that then, like, like strengthen maybe your, your drive or your feeling your place? Like, oh, I'm about to go back home to, like, yeah. the mecca of what's yeah, that's, so influential right now. So I begged my parents to let me go home because of that. Because I hmm. seen how Chicago was moving. And this was around, like, 2014, going to 2015. Yeah. And I was like, man, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I was doing some things. I was selling selling weed or whatever. My grandma had found it. So I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? She she wanted me to leave. So I'm like, okay. I had, it just so happened, my, my sister boyfriend bought me a ticket. Then I ended up back in Chicago. My mama was going to send me back. But I'm like, nah, ma, let me stay, let me stay. And I ended up staying. And it's crazy that summer I ended up in Donda's house. Hmm. And then hmm. I opened up for GLC. Oh, wow. And it's crazy. I met Saba. Yeah, I met Saba at that show, and I met MFMLO at that show. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And the boy Illinois. I met him too. <laughs> so you were like right on the brink of getting sent back, and instead you kind of ended up like it, it's that little turning point thing. Yeah. You ended up in the room that then redirects a little bit. Yeah. That's what, so. So as we run out of time here, um, what are you kind of most excited about? Whether it's creatively or in the, some of the like mentor work, like. Where are you? What are you excited to make next? I'm excited 
on a on a hip hop side, on the music side, I'm excited to make this project like about my upbringing, like how I was raised. And it's like a two part project. I'm gonna keep that up under, you know what I mean, on a low Word. title and all yeah, that. Yeah, nah, nah. You feel me? That's what I'm excited to make. I'm putting that out in the fall slash winter. I don't know. It might be longer, but I want to perfect it. Um, For sure. As far as on the, the mental level, I'm. I really want to do some like. Uh, I want to make some songs with my kids, and I also want to like get them in the studio, and cr- actually record these songs. Well, we might be able to help make that happen. Let's yeah. talk afterwards. I feel like we. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's doable. We're, we're, we're in alignment there. Uh, man, I wanted to get into the to the uh, Huey gang story, but I forgot we ran out of time, and I can't okay. forget to do what we what we have to close out with. So we like to play a game okay. with all our guests, and this right off off, off the spot. Uh, beef with an R and B singer. Any R and B singer? <laughs> why? I love watching people <laughs> when you say that. Yeah. Beef with the R. Damn, Neo. True. Okay. Off that. Man, we got like one minute. This is also uh, improper because I did not want you. you. got like just a verse for us. Can we? Can, can, can you spit something for uh, us real quick? No, but it's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. No I know I gave you no warning, so we could. It's cool. I got, I got you. All right, All right. bet. Love. All right, so um, you probably heard this before, but it's cool. That's all right. Say, they have it. On this road of life, got my demons in the back seat. Closet full of skeletons, zombies that attack me, no brains, they want my soul like Shang Tsung, Luke Kang, I've been kicking flames since day one, this is Mortal Kombat beyond rap, enlightenment like Raiden, when I make contact with punchlines, similes, metaphors, soliloquies, whatever, my new queen looking like Storm, so we gon' reign forever and we gon' reign together, her X-Man mad, this Black Panther had to get her, fly nigga, it's the return of Thoth, you better fly nigga, turn you to an angel with quotes, fly nigga like a bad lighter, you don't want smoke, get yeah. Hi, nigga, why when life is my dope, music my liquor. You can say I'm drunk in love. No Beyonce, Beyonce, my presence a drug. My outlet keeping charge, nigga. I am the plug. No, really, I'm the plug. Damn, it's dancing in my future. What a time to be alive. What a police to shoot you. And Medulla with the Ruger. Now you stinking like a sewer or manure. They maneuver. Hey. Wow. We uh, we maybe should have talked a lot more about how goddamn good you are at rapping. <laughs> that shit was wrong. Thanks, thanks, appreciate it. Very excited to uh to to see what 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 comes for you um as you grow. I, w- I think I would love to have you up here again. Yeah, kind of like have a retrospective. Yeah. Uh, where can they find you real quick? Like what you know? What what what's your social media? You can find that? me on everything at Monty Jordan. That's M A N I J U R D A N. M A N I J U R D A N. And the projects projects on everything, right? On Spotify and all this. Intro to the intro I dropped last summer is on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. And it's very, very good. It is very good. Much love, too. We appreciate you having it up here with Ergo Radio at Ergo Radio on all platforms. Absolutely. I am at Ergo Kiss. I am Damon underscore AF. We gone. Much love to the people. Peace. Niggas playing checkers, I do me, give a fuck with everybody on Nigga, fuck with everybody on I do me, give a fuck with everybody on Nigga, fuck with everybody on I do me, give a fuck with everybody on Flat nigga, you would think I had feathers Whole time I'm ballin' like I'm Jim Jones
Jones My new queen just told me that her ex jealous Old time, he's a pussy, he's a mighty con You be gaining new peppers in my city now Feeling like I'm Fred Hampton in my city now Shots at cops on the D-Lo, make them did it bop Can they serve and protect, but they really not Nope, please nigga stop Fuck your gun, fuck your bed, fuck your handcuffs Fuck the whole system, boy, they lock my mans up Yelling free my nigga Helly out that jam, bruh Nigga, fuck a club record, I break world records Fuck a potty song, I'm the potty homes I said game of chess, niggas playing checkers I do me, give a fuck with everybody on Nigga, fuck with everybody on I do me, give a fuck with everybody on Nigga, fuck with everybody on I do me, give a fuck with everybody on An outsider, an outcast Spitting that Midwestern playlistic Cadillac stank on you The picture ain't vivid if you ain't getting no paint on you And if you a slave to your dreams The plantation can't own you Drop down and get your eagle on uh, I'm just trying to off the rich and put my people on uh, I'm so robbing hood, shit they rob the hood anyway Sell us poison goods just to make that dollar any day Anyways, you can go to any state and you'll see these many traits Coexistent distances, I'm as real as a black-owned businesses Yeah, I got bars, nigga, straight life sentences Nigga, check my penmanship, flowing like a menaceship Niggas know I'm in this shit, niggas know I finish shit Like some old manure, on the green like old manure Out of facts like museums, nigga gonna take a tour Real nigga, yeah So you're listening to Ergo, right? Which we appreciate But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good That's why you should be listening on Overcast Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now Unless it's Overcast Get Overcast for free on the App Store.